Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Footwork In Podcast. Today we have Troy Smith. Hey. So we have not officially met. Um, Peyton yeah, other, like, Peyton other than like, I've seen you like running guy? around town. Yeah. And... Hey, I, I feel that made me feel good when you were like, I saw you running the other day. I was like, yeah. Yeah, I had for somebody sure. at the gym say, like, yeah, I see you running down behind Walmart and stuff. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we run on different sides of town. Yeah. So Peyton was like, who is this guy? I've never heard of him before. Yeah, like, I haven't either, so. Surely you have seen his signs around town. My ugly mug is all over this city. I'm so sick of seeing my own face. I'm, well, you still got... A month 40, and a half. 46 yeah. days. 46 days and it's over. 46 so, days having your face everywhere. I mean, since we mentioned it, tell us what you're running for. So uh, I'm running for coroner. I'm running for the one office that nobody nobody wants to see me after I'm elected. Uh, yeah, that's true. And, you know, it's kind of, a, kind of a morbid job, but kind of goes hand in hand. I'm a funeral director. And so, uh, Makes just, sense. Uh, you know. It's 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 a unique thing. It's not for everybody, but uh, it's it's been good to me uh, as far as uh, my career uh, and just trying to work to serve Panola County. Um, I have a unique uh, perspective in that you know a lot of people were were born here and didn't really have a choice to live in Panola County, but I got to make the choice to live here. And in my opinion. Um, you know, yeah, we have our flaws, we have our faults, but I don't feel like there's really any better place that, that you could live and, and raise a family, you know, as far as being a, a good community. And so, uh, just, uh, love every minute of, of getting to meet everybody. And that's kind of, kind of what I've been doing for the last year is, is running for, running for coroner. Okay. I always, I always thought it was a very, like I got to see the signs. I've always thought that was a very weird position. Yeah, it is. You know, elect somebody for. You know the the that's the number one surprise that I get from people is that's an elected position, and yeah, you know, for whatever reason, our uh, great state has uh, chosen to elect the corner like that, and and really, it's it's kind of funny because when you look at what you have to do to be a corner. Um, the law says you got to be 21 and have a high school diploma. So basically you have to have a pulse uh, and you can be the coroner. So, you know, um, that's, that's, that's unique, um, as well, but, uh, somebody has got to do it. All 82 yeah. counties have to have a corner, and, um, I'm hoping that I get to get to do that for Panola. Yeah. So what is it like, what's the corner do? officially i'm glad you uh, asked about <laughs> yeah it's 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 actually a lot uh when you when you look at the at, at the job you know there's a lot of people who think that the coroner just uh basically says yep he's dead um it's a lot more to that uh the two major uh i guess roles of the coroner are, are to uh, determine cause and manner of death uh, so manner of death, you've got four, you've got natural, accidental, homicide, suicide. Um, the coroner investigates every death in the county. Uh, that's uh, the person's not under the care of a, of a physician. 
And uh, from there, you know, through the investigation determines whether or not it's a natural death, uh, whether it's accidental, homicide, suicide, and then uh, certifies that death certificate. Um, so it's it's actually a really big job when you consider that your coroner is also, uh, you know, when you're dealing with situations like murder cases, uh, things of that nature, uh, your coroner is not only going to be responsible for that investigation, but uh, if you have to go to court on that, uh, you have to represent the county. Uh, that's going to be the coroner uh, going in there to uh, give uh, expert witness, if you will, of, of what they feel like. Uh, you know, happened and transpired to cause death. Um, it's it's a 24-7 job. It's 365 days a year, 366 in leap year. We don't get holidays, vacations. Um, death doesn't take a holiday. And so, uh, you know, it again, it can be morbid to talk about, but it's it's something that somebody's got to do. And it is a, it is a big job uh, within the county as far as um, uh, working with not only families, but law enforcement, fire departments, um, you know, all of that. So it, 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 it's a lot more than what most people uh, realize that it is. So, so that's go ahead, pretty David. much one of like the first people, like if a, you know, 911 gets a call, you know, there's a wreck, you know, yeah. uh, you'll, well, let me not say wreck. Let's just say 911 gets a call. Yeah. You know, and it ends up being a deceased person. You're one of the first people they call. Right. Yeah. If you, if you listen to the, uh, if you have a scanner or anything, uh, if you, if you're listening to the, uh, traffic on there, uh, if you ever hear them call ME1, ME2, um, that, that's, that's code for the medical examiner investigator. If you will, we're investigators, we're not medical examiners. Uh, but you'll hear them call ME1 or ME2. Uh, and that is a, uh, that, that's a, a signal that, that they need the coroner. There's been, uh, you know, an apparent death now, you know, they can be pretty sure there's been a death that has occurred, but the coroner legally has to go out and say, yes, this person is, is dead. So whether or not, no matter what, like if it's a deceased person, you have to go. Yeah. And, and so confirm pretty much. the best way to, the best way to describe it is, um, if you're, if you're in the hospital, uh, you're like in ICU, uh, something like that, the doctor can certify, you know, the death certificate, certify the death. But if it's anything else, if it's a hospice case, if it's a, um, you know, just a, a, a death from a car wreck, from a suicide, anything like that, uh, basically anything that's not an inpatient in the hospital is a coroner case. So pretty much every, every death, you know, within the county, we, we will have jurisdiction over. Great conversation, right? Yeah, yeah. I've left you speechless, so I've done a good job. <laughs> Where so, do we go now? Well, I'm yeah, glad we're knocking know. that hey, out. And, and look, yeah, we don't have to talk about uh, coroner. We don't have to talk death, election, all of that. I'm, 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 I'm open for whatever. Yeah, I mean, I definitely wanted to hit on that a little bit because that's something yeah. you're doing. Well, you see, I'm a weirdo. You can see my 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 mug here is a brush with death podcast. So <laughs> I am a podcast enthusiast. Um, and that's my, that's my, you know, weirdo mug. Well, my mug is just a can of energy drink. Yeah, so. that's okay. If I had that, I'd be probably, uh, there you go. Hotty toddy. Hey, come on. We got Bama tomorrow. Beat Bama. Yes, sir. I think we can do it. Yeah, I think so too. We were, uh, you were at the game Saturday. 
I was. I was. Uh, yes. So I let my season tickets go this year because of uh, running for office and I, not knowing, you know, if I could get to the games and everything. And yeah, I'm kind of cheap sometimes. Um, so I've just been buying the games that I could go to. So, yeah, I went last week and plan on going to uh, LSU, but not sure of anything game. else. Yeah, it'd be good. It's going to be – I'm more nervous about the LSU game than the Bama game. Uh, yeah, I am too. Uh, but, you know, still got to remember it's it's yeah, it's, it's saving. It's saving. Anything can happen. At Bama. At Bama. And, and what are the – you know, what's going to happen – What's going to happen, you know, when they're on their uh, on the heels of 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 losing twice in a row at home? Right. We'll so, see. We'll we can see. only do so much. Two thirty tomorrow. Yeah, I'm excited. I've been waiting for it. Yeah, all I'm week. glad this podcast is not at two thirty tomorrow. I probably I probably would have had a decline. It would just have to be a <laughs> live reaction. Yeah, we just have to watch do play by play. Yeah. Right. We actually, me and Peyton went, and my wife. It was his first college football game ever oh uh, georgia tech really? game last week how'd you how'd you enjoy it i mean or did you enjoy it there's a little electric out there sometimes yeah yeah i've never been much of a football player or person so well i'm not a football player i'm i'm five <laughs> foot eight i mean they would throw me around the field but i've never been much of a fan of football but it seems to be all my friends are fans of football so i guess i have to have something in common with well them. so here's the thing i catch a lot of flack from this i hate pro ball like i have yeah. no desire to watch pro ball to me it's just like okay whatever now college i i, I get behind pretty strong yeah so me too i don't I sometimes i'll watch like the playoff games i'll keep up with what's going on but i won't watch pro like yeah well, I keep and up with going on just from, yeah, just people in the office. You know, I got a, our our office manager. She's a huge Saints fan, and so I hear about you know Drew Brees in the game, and you know for the last for the last year, I've heard about the Saints more than I've ever heard about the Saints. Uh, I've only worked here for a year, and so uh, I, I get a lot of pro ball exposure here that I don't really yeah. doesn't really. I've always had lot. I've always had trouble rooting for like any pro teams because I like teams that represent, you know, like Mississippi or close to me, yeah. you know, well, so here's like, a, like with me, the, the whole, whole deal with, with college ball versus pro ball is I feel like college guys, they're competing for something. They're, they're, you know, a lot of those guys have hopes to move to the NFL. They're hungry. Yeah. They're hungry. You right. And I mean, it's, and there's no, no rivalry, like, like watching guys that are, are trying to rise to the top. And so I feel like that once you, you know, once you get to the pros, yeah, uh, you know, people have fun watching the game, but kind of the competition's gone. Yeah. yeah they're I've already making $100 million. So they're just like, yeah, screw it. They're trying, to, to, work know, hard. They're trying yeah. to have longevity and like not get hurt. The other guys in college, they got four years. They right. got to get it done. That's right. So that's always, you know, that that's kind of where I stand on that. But uh, I'm I'm kind of a diehard, you know, Ole Miss fan. I, I tell her I paid them too much money not to support them. You went to Ole Miss? I did. I, I went to Ole Miss. My wife went to Ole Miss. And uh, so, like I say, I, I, I kind of don't have a choice. Where are you originally from? I am originally, I was born in Memphis, but I'm, for all intents and purposes, I'm from DeSoto County. Um, so I graduated high school in Olive Branch back when 
the Olive Branch South Panola rivalry was the, you know, that was the huge, that was the whole, the huge rivalry. And, um, so I, that, that's kind of my days of high school. So what, how old are you? I am 33. 33. Yeah. So I'm that old. Was, that was prime time South Panola. It was. Yeah. I graduated in 08. So, um, I can remember, it's kind of odd now that you see kind of how your life brings you you know, full circle. It's kind of odd because I spent a lot of Friday nights in in, yeah. in in Panola County. So, is South Panola even considered good anymore? Uh, good, I, but not great. I assume not, not as good as Olive Branch. You know, Olive Branch's yeah. days are kind of. You know, so this, here was the deal back back when I was in. Uh, so I graduated the year after DeSoto County started splitting up the school district. So back then at Olive Branch. Um, we had like 2,200 students at the high school. And when I was in 11th grade, they started opening Center Hill, DeSoto Central, all these other schools around up there. And they started splitting up Olive Branch. So like there was 427 people in my graduating class. Um, and that was after that, it, it went down to like, you know, 250, 275, whatever. But um they kind of gave you the option if you had been there, if you were in, if you were in 10th grade or below, you, you had to go to whatever the new school was in your district. It, it, like if you were at Olive Branch, you might have to go to Center Hill, DeSoto Central, whatever, Lewisburg. But if you were 11th or 12th grade, you could stay. So I got to stay, but uh, that was back when, like I said, the, the South Panola Olive Branch rivalry was big. And then it got so small once they split the schools up, we actually dropped from 6A to, I don't know, they dropped it to 5A or something like that. And so it just, it kind of messed everything up. But Yeah, I remember back then it was like 5A and they moved to 6A. So when we were in high school, it was 6A. Mm-hmm. And now they have 7A. And I'm pretty sure South Panola is a, either a 6 or a 5A now. Yeah. Because South Panola has always been like the smallest school in the division. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, so we had a running joke. Uh, we knew, we knew we were going to, I mean, yeah, we, we'd like to think we were going to win, but the running joke was that at South Panola, they fed the players that didn't make the team to the ones who do, you know, cause there was like, you'd come down here and it was like, those are like 25 year old guys out there playing. And anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so every Thursday when I was there, I was, a uh, I was very small person back then i probably weighed like 120 pounds max during high school and so i was a manager i was the camera guy i got two state rings so anybody want to make fun of me i don't have a ring i do there you go that's right uh (laughs) you got the drip to prove it i always was telling folks look i'm gonna get a scholarship i'm gonna go to a college i'm gonna be on their football team as a manager and everybody was like no bro you don't you can't do that Anyways, I didn't do that. <laughs> I, I chose a different path. But uh, every Thursday, they would give the players a big old sack of cakes. It's called Cake Day. Like mm, Little Debbie mm, cakes. Mm, like five or six of them, just Thursday. Yeah. So they were carved up for Friday's game. And then they fed us before and after the most games. So. There's so re- your diet a- consisted on Thursdays of of little Debbie cakes. Yes. Oh well, 
Well, hey, that's, 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 not, like that's not a bad gig, you know. Yeah, you know. I don't know. Yeah. I like oatmeal cream pies. That's why on they here. were. Huge. That's why they were big. I like double decker oatmeal cream pies and zebra cakes. Yeah, that's an easy five hundred calories <laughs> per. So. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, that's probably that why I ended up weighing 228 pounds. How how much do you weigh now? About 178. Hey, dude, I'm bigger than somebody. Let's go. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but so I was, I, was, I was 228 pounds of fat, you know, and you stack that on a five foot eight frame. It's one thing you but got wider. somebody that's six, you know, somebody that's six foot three and they're 228 pounds. I mean. Okay, big deal. That's about right. You know, <laughs> five eight. You know, I was like five by five. I was like five feet tall, but five feet wide. So, <laughs> any rate, five by five. Yeah, you, you eat enough little little Debbie cakes, and um, that'll happen. You know, I keep trying to tell Peyton he needs to gain like twenty pounds. I try. How how tall are you? Six foot. Yeah. Must be nice up there. How's the yeah. weather? It gets pretty hot up there. Lonely. Yeah. Lonely. <laughs> so do you know uh Jordan Moore? I do. Yeah. I know he, Jordan very well. He if said he's that, watching this, if he's watching this, he's gonna text me and give me crap about this. Um I actually met Jordan um through I I I'm a I'm a pilot and so uh Jordan okay. and I actually met flying together and uh, he's actually uh, I hate to say this because if he watches, he's uh, he, he's become a good friend, and and uh, I, I like Jordan. He's I call him Smooth Vanilla. There's a there's a story behind that. You can ask him, but uh, that's Smooth, smooth vanilla. vanilla. Yep, that's right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna write Smooth Vanilla down. I'm gonna mm-hmm. I don't think he he's watching, but he did say something in the gym the other day. Uh-oh. Uh oh. He was asking if you were gonna come on. Kenny G's watching. I had Jose a minute ago, so we have two people watching. I that yeah, so I, I know of. I said something. Well, I, I commented on that post that you did about podcast speakers or yeah. whatever, and Jordan yeah. texted me, and he's like, "So you're gonna be a podcaster now?" Yeah, he, that's what he commented on. He's like, "You're gonna, he's gonna be on your podcast," and he was like, uh, "Well, he's a talker. He's a smooth talker." Smooth talker. So coming we had, from smooth vanilla. Yeah, smooth vanilla. Mm-hmm. Peyton, take notes. Remember that. <laughs> Uh, I kind of want to jot it down somewhere. Yeah, just so you have some ammo. <laughs> right. Uh, I was going to comment on his Garmin run or something. It's like, good job, Smooth Vanilla. Yeah. So <laughs> I could tell you a really funny story about Jordan's running, but I I don't know if I'm a bit liberty to, just to, to say that, so I'll just kind of hold it to myself. So we had Roger. You know Roger Howe? I do. Okay. Well, he... He came on here and he talked for like three hours. <laughs> so uh, I'm not gonna talk for three hours, right? I mean, unless you want me to. I mean, I guess I, mean, I could. This... We could do like a, a marathon or something. Yeah, marathon talk. Peyton said he'll have to go. He's got to go to yeah. work tonight. He's on the night shift. Oh, dude, you're a better yeah. man than me. Um, I don't enjoy it. So I did that one time. Now, I still occasionally have to get up at night and you know, get a death call in the middle of the night. I don't have to work all night usually, but I would I would be useless. Man. I yeah, hate I was it. A, I work <laughs> for my, him. My shift is 10.30 p.m. to 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been going in at 10 for a little bit of overtime. 
I asked my boss yesterday or this morning before I left. I'm like, hey, y'all need me for anything? He's like, I mean, if you want to stay, you can. I'm like, no, that's not what I'm asking. <laughs> dude, my freaking <laughs> eyes were getting blurry. Nah. I couldn't see. I'm like, dude, I need to go. He's over here like, yeah. if you want to stay, you can. I'm like, nope. So I worked, uh, I worked at Walgreens in a life gone by, and I decided I was going to do the overnight shift uh, one week. And I vividly remember I like I took a break at like four o'clock in the morning. It was only supposed to be like fifteen minutes, and so I went to my car, and I was like, I'm just going to lay the seat back for just a minute and just rest my eyes. And I woke up at four forty-five, and was panicking because I thought I was getting fired, but it all worked out. <laughs> That'd be the best thing, getting fired Dude. from night shift. <laughs> like, that's like the Relieve worst. Me, I mean, that's like the best case scenario, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I keep trying to convince him to quit, but he won't. It's like he needs a job or something. Yeah. So, uh, so I was wondering if it was a requirement. So. We can get into some uh, some faith stuff. I'm just gonna hit. So Peyton, he doesn't have really come from uh, the. So you're tell us about what you do for a living. Uh, you do. You say you are a funeral which, which director. Job? I've got like nine. Yeah, you got. You have so, like seven jobs listed on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. So I am a. Uh, I'm a funeral director. I work for Wells Funeral Home, and. Uh, I worked for worked for Memphis Funeral Home for ten years. Drove back and forth, and when uh, Chris's dad passed away, Mr. Tommy, he uh, talked to me about coming to work here. So I've been here about a year and a half. But anyway, I've been a funeral director uh, and embalmer for almost eleven years, and I pastor a church here in Batesville. Um, it's uh, right the Pentecostal the- church. Yeah, we were we were First United Pentecostal Church. Uh, we were on Pettit Street, where the Grace Place is now. That was our building for 60 years, and um, we actually sold that to the Grace Place and just built a new church out by the funeral home on 35. Um, so pastor of the church, funeral director, uh, and um, then um, my other stuff I just kind of do in my spare time. It's not really a job, you know, uh, but, I mean, I'm on, on a couple boards and this, that, and the other, and I'm an auctioneer, actually. That's a that's a fun fact. So throughout this whole campaign deal, uh, uh, I had to during COVID. I got a wild hair. I was going to go to auctioneering school, so I did like this Zoom deal with Missouri Auction School. And so during uh, campaigning, the fire departments were trying to raise money. They were auctioning off cakes, and they would have people get up and auction off, and you know, they'd be like, "Who would give me five dollars? Would somebody give me five dollars? Somebody give me ten dollars for this cake?" And finally, I'm just like. Hey guys, let me auction these cakes. And so I got to put my auctioneering skills to use for that. And, uh, it was fun, but I do a lot of stuff just because I like to stay busy, but my jobs are funeral director and and pastor. It seems like there's this misconception out there that pastors are just, I mean, there's some truth to like a small percentage of pastors that are just fat and lazy and just mooching off the congregation. But, what I see yeah. is most of the pastors around here, like you and the, I mean, the ones I'm closer to you, uh, Roger, uh, brother Damon and at Hosanna yeah, and, right. uh, Ben Elliott, he's, mm-hmm. he's been, I call him a pastor. He's not like, he's my yeah. pastor. Uh, yeah. but, uh, the, 
y'all are like go getters, like the hardest working people. Like y'all have. Well, so kind of here's the thing: in anything you do, you're going to have people that I'm not. I, I'm not like trying to say people are slack, but you have people that are slackers, and you have people that are willing to you know, do whatever it takes and like to stay busy. And, uh, I'm one of those, I'm one of those people that I cannot, uh, I can't just sit and look at the wall. Um, I've, I've got to be doing something. And, um, uh, I pastor a church that is relatively small. I mean, we're less than a hundred members. I mean, we're, we, we usually run around, you know, uh, 65, 70 people and, it's not a demanding congregation. Now, yeah, there's times when I have to go do hospital visits. I have to, um, you know, counsel. I have to, but by and large, they're very, you know, an undemanding people. And I, I love them um, so much. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's great to have, have good people, but um, I would not be able to fulfill. I would not be able to feel fulfilled. I think if I just, you know, if I just only did my church work, not because I don't feel like that's important, just because I want to have something to do at all times. And so I find ways to keep myself busy. And um, I don't I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. And definitely the a lot of the ministers around here are bivocational. You know, yeah. uh, they've got they've got a job outside the church. And I will say that Panola County Minister wise, a, a very fortunate. I, I I feel like we've got some great, uh, great ministers, uh, great uh, pastors that care about their congregations, but that also are willing to, you know, do whatever it takes to better the community, better themselves, all of that. Yeah, and uh, that's kind of like our podcast. It kind of started out more of a fitness thing, but right. we really didn't want to keep it in that box and just do fitness because you know there's more to us than just fitness but just like generally people that are just go-getters and putting work in wherever they are and also i mean we kind of had some internal dialogue about it like for a while but like we wanted to we wanted to be faith-based we don't want to be faith-based podcast you know like this sure. is it, k-love but right you know, we're Christians and we love Jesus and it's going to come out, you know? So, right. I mean, sometimes it's more explicit than other times, you know, like I feel like for the first few episodes, we were more just implying it and trying to figure out what we were doing. But I, sure. you know, we've had some pastors on Peyton. You got anything? <laughs> I'm trying to get Peyton to talk more. I was waiting for you to finish, man. You're you yeah you got a point you're so, going for. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know where I was going. I was kind of like rabbit trailing, but in my life, I feel like in my YouTube channel, which you've explored, right? Uh, I feel like you know I've always been Christian. I've all I've never really known how to. I've always been kind of nervous, honestly, to like step out as a Christian, but just because. I always felt like a little, like I wasn't ready. Like I didn't know the exact words to say, but the moment I started talking, like, you know, like a few weeks ago, even on the podcast, we just started talking about Jesus and like, 
definitely the Holy Spirit was just speaking through me. So absolutely. Uh, and I was like, what did we just say? Like, I was like, what? <laughs> it sounded like it was almost scripted. And I don't know, me and Peyton thought it was cool. Uh, we showed it to our other friend. And he was like, it was okay. <laughs> so I was like, whatever. Well, but you know, so, I wasn't worried so, about that, but. So that's a, you know, my, my deal is I, I take a very practical approach to ministry and Christianity as a whole, because, um, all right, I'm going to, I may catch a lot of flack from, for this, but, um, there was a time when people went to church just because that's what you did. You went to church. Yeah. Well, now in our society, I mean, fewer and fewer people attend church and have that, you know, I'm going to go just because mama went because so what I find the the best thing for me, the best approach for me is that I try to be a friend before I try to, you know, convert somebody before I try, you know, you're, you're never going to be influential in somebody's life unless you're first their friend, unless right. you, they can first feel like that they can trust you. And so, um, I, I tell, I tell my, my, my people at church, um, you know, when, when we're out and about you, the very first thing that you should try to do is to be someone's friend. And, and, and I know that may sound hokey, but you know, the Bible says he that wins souls is wise. Okay. So you, you have to be wise in order to win somebody to, 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 to God. And to me, um, I'm going to listen to what you have to say a lot more if I know that I can trust you as a human being, as a friend, and not just that you're trying to get me to come to your church. Does that make sense? Yeah. So but, but it's kind of like this. It's not a perfect analogy, but if I go up and just punch Peyton in the face, we're just going to laugh it off Yeah. because we're buddies. But if it's some stranger, I just go up and punch him in the face. It's going to be a fight. You know, they're right. not going to receive it the same playful way that I, even if I, I'm not literally going to punch Peyton in the face. Oh, uh, it depends on my mood that day. Yeah. You might start some. But we'll just, we'll laugh it <laughs> off and we'll, we might butt heads about it, but yeah, we're going to get along. We have, and, a, and I'm, I'm very much not a, um, I'm not an in your face person as, as far as that, you know, is concerned. Um, because I just believe, I mean, I, I, I truly believe if somebody is hungry, if somebody wants, um, more of the things of God. Yes, we have to talk to them about it. Yes, but if you do it the right way, then you truly make disciples, right. and you're not just, "Hey, I want you to come to church because it's the right thing to do." Yeah, you know, yeah, okay, it's the right thing to do, but be somebody's friend. You know, treat them right. Because um, so many people are jaded, you know, as far as their view with with Christianity and church and. And that's not the way it should be. But um, I use the analogy a lot that, you know, people say, well, you know, there's there's fake people in church. Well, there's fake people everywhere that you go. Yeah. Um, even Mickey Mouse had a goofy. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of my kind of my thought. All right. So we we got a, we got Owen Reigns. That's my little brother in law. He said, say, hey. Hey, Owen. hey, Peyton, you going to say, Hey, I was okay. going to, Oh, Hey, I was going <laughs> to 
take a topic that I'm sure Dylan was going to eventually ask. I have since, a bunch of stuff. Like, I'm since, hitting it all over we're my on list. It, okay. All right. The last pastor we had on, we asked. And, of course, okay. me and me and Dylan, we have our def- our definitive opinion on this. Hey, I don't know what I believe. Uh-oh. Except I do. Uh, <laughs> Christians and self-defense. What is your... What are your what are your thoughts and opinions on it? As far as like concealed carry or just self defense overall? Uh you know, I I think that we have a we have an obligation to I'm gonna take it off of myself. I have an obligation to take care of my family. I have an obligation to take care of my wife, my boys. Um that goes with anything that I do. You know, as far as uh, if I work, you know, I'm, I'm commanded to provide for my family. That's that's what I have to do. And I think that that goes hand in hand um, with protecting them, uh, you know, physically as well. Now, uh, I'm I'm not going to walk around looking for a fight. Uh, but I'm also I'm also not going to back down in the face of a threat uh, just because you know, yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, uh, I I follow Jesus' teachings. And in doing that, I always remind people, people say, what would Jesus do? Well, there's a story in the Bible where Jesus went into the temple and started cracking whips and turning over tables. So I remind people, when you say, what would Jesus do? Turning over tables and cracking whips is within the realm of possibility. And and so we've got this idea that Jesus was just a, a very passive you know, person. Um, but that's not true. Jesus would confront where he needed to confront. He would do it in, in love and he would do it, you know, uh, with, with dignity, if you will, and, and, and tact, but he was not a pushover. And I think that we as Christians, yes, we have to exhibit an attitude that we do love everybody. You know, I, I love the people that do things that I don't like what they do. But when it comes to the point of having to protect myself from my family, um, I absolutely believe we're we're within our, you know, Christian parameters to protect our family because we're commanded to do it. Yeah, I think uh, when we had Roger on one of the times, we've had him on twice. I don't remember which time we talked about it, but the first we time. asked him. And uh, he made a good point, you know, as as far as like, he also makes a joke because uh, if you come to our church, because I go to his church, yep. if you come to our church, it's probably like one of the worst churches you could if you were trying to cause harm to people. Because mm-hmm. there, there's several people who have eyes on every entrance to that building. Oh, yeah. And with, you know, a uh, pew pew on them. So... Yeah, this, I mean, you look, you 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 walk into our church on any given Sunday, and I can assure you, um, you won't walk out. Well, maybe. I, well, we'll I mean, yeah, I, I hope you walk out. <laughs> uh, maybe. Yeah, I can assure you that 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 we have security detail in place yeah. and will neutralize a threat if we need to. Yeah, but he made a good point because when we asked him, he was referring to himself as you know. The pastor is the shepherd of a church. Right. And what's the job of a shepherd? That's to protect its flock. To protect being the flock. the rest of the church. So whether that's being in the confined in the four walls of a church building or even like 
you know, out like let's say you're in a mall, you know, yeah. if at all possible, you could, I, I guess you could consider yourself a possible shepherd at that point if needed, you know, now usually you want to like, you kind of want to avoid any kind of possibility such as that. But if it comes down to it, if you may have to become the shepherd of a flock in that situation and protect your flock. Well, you know, and, and here and again, and I, I, I'm one of those, I'm one of those crazy Christians that, you know, believe that, um, you have to take the whole Bible into consideration. And when you look at the old Testament, um, when you look at, at the nation of Israel, they were constantly involved in wars and they were defending territory. They were defending their people and it was ordained by God, you know? And so if you are to believe the scripture that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, then you have to believe that, that, uh, if he wanted his people defended in the old Testament, he wants his people defended in the New Testament. Again, totally different from don't walk around looking for a fight. Yeah. But at the same time, you you cannot you you cannot just lay down and 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 die, you know, just in the name of Christianity and and, and I'm a Christian. Uh being a Christian says I'm not gonna go and look for a fight. That if somebody does something against me, I'm gonna forgive them. Um now, you know, I, I don't think in any way that 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 tells us that that you can't defend yourself. Um, matter of fact, you know, I would just encourage you not to come to my house at, at two o'clock in the morning and 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 try to, um, you know, rob me, hurt my family because um, well, it's like somebody said they were like, you're you're valuing your possessions over somebody else's life and they're. The response to that was, well, they're nah. valuing my possessions over their life. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, that's kind of a bogus argument. But yeah. anyway, I'm, I won't. If well, anyone know, watching, you know, objects <laughs> to that, I, I, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to take the good pastor way out of this. I'm going to say whatever your pastor says, he's right. So do uh, what do what your pastor, pastor says of, of the podcast for the moment. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, again. My opinion is that, uh, that, uh, you, and it is just simply my opinion, but, but I think that you can look and see that Jesus was not a, a, a pushover. Um, he would, he would defend when he needed to defend. And I think that we have to as well. Yeah. You don't, somebody comes in your house in the middle of the night, you don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. What they could do. Yeah. So we had a whole podcast on this. So yeah, what episode was it, Peyton? Like sixteen, I think. Go but yeah. It was like the first sixteen. We like our other co host left and like we went I think it was the second week after that, so that would have been six, episode sixteen. A non fitness topic. So <laughs> uh yeah. It was Christianity and self defense. So y'all go back and listen to that. We kinda dive into all that. But we do like the Yeah, I think I may have saw a little snippet from it when I was stalking the uh youtube page just because i was tr trying to find out kind of what the format of the program yeah. was and and all that but if we talked a lot about it but we like to kind of hit on stuff like that when we have 
people on just because yeah, sure. we, we want to get I, I want to get different viewpoints and I mean we haven't had anybody say otherwise yet but I do know some people that I have I have a couple people that I know are on the other side of it and I really do want to have them on just so I can because I could some of that I could see where they're coming from but I know what I believe I mean I've I've kind of been on for a while, I, I kind of straddled the line on on some of that, but I know what I, I mean, with the family, it's a lot harder for me to just let somebody run over my family and not defend them. So that's where I'm at yeah. now. And I was looking for you guys. Go ahead. I'm just looking for something real quick. That so Peyton wouldn't know anything about this, but there's a difference, like. I'm going to ask you a question, but when I say Pentecostal, I'm, I'm not necessarily meaning Pentecostal, the denomination. No, I understand. Okay. There's like a difference between just the denomination and then there's certain churches that you'd consider Pentecostal churches, mm -hmm. right? even though they're not necessarily Pentecostal. Uh, is it a requirement uh, for Pentecostal pastors to be able to sing? Because no. <laughs> I saw you singing the other day, and I know another guy that was at a church of God, and uh, he used to be a pope, Matt Hill. I don't know mm -hmm. if you knew him. He's he's been gone, uh, but he can sing, man. I know it's a I lot know, of Pentecostal uh, passion. I mean, the whole well, family that runs his church sings. Like, I is, know uh, Jeremy Hankins. He's a Pentecostal. Yeah, Jer pastor. yeah. I, so sing. Jeremy, Jeremy's son. Uh, I'm sorry, not son, uh, nephew. Uh, Stetson, yeah, uh, drummer. that dude, that dude can, he can, he can play the strings off a of bass, but so here's the, here's the deal. And, and this is really, I, I, I believe this is a part of it. So you ever experience a, a, a Pentecostal church, you'll notice right off the bat, music is a huge, huge, um, part of, of our services and, and growing up, especially me. I mean, I've, I've only ever been Pentecostal. I mean, my granddad was a, was a pastor. And when you grow up in that environment, you almost have no choice, but to play some kind of instrument or sing or, you know, something like that. Now I, I don't proclaim to be a, a great singer. Um, I just enjoy, like I'll go home and the other night, uh, that video on Facebook, that was just, that was just, that's kind of my stress relief. You know, some people go out and hit balls at the driving range. Uh, some people go play Jordan. golf, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, I'll go home and sit in my music room and I just, I just play the piano. That's, that's like my therapy. I don't do it for anybody else. It's, it's for me. Um, and there are people that are hands down better than I am. But to answer your question without dancing around it, I think that a lot of people, uh, just because of the nature of growing up around that, I mean, it just kind of comes with the with the territory, if you will. And uh, that that may sound dumb, but growing up, I mean, you're you're taught to be involved at you know it, everything that's going on, and and music is just a huge part of of what we do. But you see a lot of the people that are kind of in the music industry, like the just like mainstream music industry, came from a lot church of them. If you if you do if you do research on a lot of 
of mainstream secular artists, as well as, you know, like commercially recorded Christian artists. Now, you can find a lot of them have very deep ties to church, but not only church, typically a Pentecostal church. Um, and again, it, it's just that culture of, of music is, has always been important. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's hard to explain, but just when you're around that, you know, for so long, um, it, it's kind of interesting to see the different artists and stuff that have ties to, to the church. Yeah. It kind of makes sense though. Cause I mean, it doesn't matter how big the church is. Pentecostal church, they're going to have singing and stuff. Uh, so, I mean, somebody's got to do it. Church kids, you know, yeah. people at the church, but the Baptist church, I mean, yeah, even the biggest ones don't always have, you know, music like a band, but now, nowadays, modernized churches basically all, all have music, but yeah. So, and I'll tell you, you know, kind of, this is, I'm not, not trying to give you a, you know, a history lesson or whatever, We're here. but, but being, um, uh, being affiliated with a Pentecostal church, um, has not always been just, oh, okay, you're Pentecostal, you know, Pentecostal churches were, I mean, they were like the, back in the day, they were like the outcasts, you know, yeah. they, they were the, they were the weird people, you know, they were, uh, they were very exuberant and, and all of that. And so persecuted by the KKK. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the deal, uh, you know, and so when you, when you, with that background of being, um, of being, um, I guess not a mainstream, um, uh, denomination. Uh, so you didn't have the best musicians sometimes, you know, cause the, 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 the people that knew how to do everything, they, they, they went to the church down the street. They went to the Baptist church. They went to the message church, whatever. So really, and truthfully, a lot of Pentecostal churches, um, and ours is one of them. So before we had our building on Pettit street, uh, they had a building on Thomas street and the building there, when they originally went in there had like, uh, uh, it was, I mean, it was just like a, an empty room. But when they went to Pettit street, they built the first building and it was like dirt floors and, you know, stuff yeah. like that. And so, uh, a lot of times like the Pentecostal churches would start, uh, with like people playing the accordion. Oh my, like, <laughs> it was just, it was, it was, it was some dark days, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but everybody kind of had to be involved and everybody got involved and, and that's the best way I can describe it is it's, 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 it was so much of a, a lot of time, um, family effort that, that, uh, you know, you had, you had, you had a lot of families that would, would really just, um, kind of be the only thing that was that was happening and, and it just meshed into what it is now. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense. <clears throat> I like history. Jordan's texting me. There he is. Yeah. What's the smooth vanilla? Yeah. Smooth vanilla. So he told me I could tell this story. So he goes, uh, all right, we're about to get way off track from the spiritual realm of things here. So he used to, he used to run it like, uh, he may still, but when he lived over on Hunter's Parkway, they would, uh, 
he would run at like four, four thirty in the morning <laughs> and he'd run out by the civic center. Well, he texted me one morning. He said, dude, he said, I just had something bad happen. He said, I was running and he said, I got out back behind the civic center and he said, my stomach started hurting so bad. <laughs> and immediately I know where this is going, you know, and, uh, he said, my stomach started hurting so bad. And he said, I hope there's not cameras back there. He said, because I just like drop trowel right there behind the civics. And I'm like, okay, dude. So that is the, that is the story from Jordan Moore. And he told me I could tell it. So if he, uh, if he, um, Gets mad. He said, he said I've it. got the text to prove it. But anyway, that's my that's my funny to... that's my funny uh yeah, you you know you gotta do what you gotta do, right? It's better to just let it out and then I mean going down your So pants. I always wanted to find out and you know, I may go find uh, Rodney Holly, see if he can run those cameras back uh, a couple <laughs> of years. Cause I would like to know those coffin cameras. <laughs> that would be funny. Good story. Good story. Way off topic there. So I can bring it back in. I can I'm bring sure it... we can tie that somewhere to spiritual. What oh, is a, a mess? <laughs> I'm going to write that down. I'm just going to put smooth vanilla. Smooth vanilla. I stopped running behind the Civic Center. I don't trust them RVs back there. Them campers. Mm, sketchy. That's a camper community. I don't like them. What is a sermon prep? Like, I. What does sermon prep look like? Well, you just, Ooh. I know some people are like, just show up. And then you got some people that are like super in depth. I always, you know, I've never like, I've never been a pastor, but I've like had small groups where I was, you know, supposed to teach something. I always procrastinated and preparing stuff like that. Always kind of. Was a so, was a weak point because I'd procrastinate. <laughs> so, what does camera. it look like to you? I know you you have. I mean, you got Sunday comes around every week. Yeah, well, and and for everybody, that's that that's that's different. Um, I I feel like that my approach is is pretty unique um, in that I don't typically I don't typically look for a topic if you will, to preach about, I, I don't know from one week to the, to the next, what I'm, what I'm going to preach about. And, uh, the best way I can describe it is I have a, a notes file in my phone and I'll read something and I'll get a thought or I'll, somebody will say something and I'll get a thought. So case in point, um, I actually, uh, preached a message one time. Uh, about it was titled a gourmet spirit for you. So I was in Collierville and I drove by Red Robin. Uh, it's a burger place up there. And on their sign, it said gourmet burgers and spirits. And so that may sound odd, but uh, that stuck out to me. And that's kind of the way God like speaks to me, if you will. And I don't mean to sound hokey, but like I tell people, God doesn't speak to me in an audible voice. And, and I don't believe he speaks to most people in an audible voice. Um, and, and so I just kind of feel that, that tug and I say, Hey, you know, there's something there. And, and so I read that sign is like gourmet burgers and spirits. And, and I began to think about how, like, you know, the enemy crafts things specifically, uh, you know, for individual people to try to take them down. Um, because 
he's not all knowing, but we sometimes we sometimes speak a little too much, and he knows what pushes our buttons, and he knows what what gets us in the you know uh, away from away from God, if you will. And so um, I fully believe that 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 Satan's approach to each person is different. It's 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 not a one size fits all approach. He's looking. Um, the Bible says he seeks whom he may devour. So um, he's like a roaring lion that walketh about to and fro seeking whom he may devour. And so if you've ever watched the Discovery Channel and see a lion hunt, um, a lion will wait and he'll watch for the weak. He'll watch for the weak antelope or whatever the, the, the prey is that they're looking for. And he'll wait until that one gets kind of disconnected from the pack. And that's the one he goes after. And so um, I, I very much believe that that it's a a methodical approach and that that Satan doesn't have a one size fits all approach. And so. When you go back to, to sermon prep, that's that's kind of where I, I get things just everyday life. I'll see stuff that sticks out to me and then I'll start reading. I'll start studying. Hey, what does the Bible say about this? And that's kind of how I prep. Now, some people are totally different. Some people have like a schedule that they'll go by and they know that on this Sunday, I'm going to preach about this topic and they kind of know. I really don't know from week to week. And and sometimes um, I'm in my office at at uh, eight o'clock Sunday morning finishing up notes because I've just, you know, figured out what I feel like God wants me to say that day. But going off of what you were just talking about, about how Satan kind of knows what sets you over the edge or whatever. Yeah. I swear, like, I don't know. If, I guess it's more of a joke. But, like, I work as maintenance at a factory. Yeah. That's where I feel like he knows which machines I hate wor working on. So he just cuts them off <laughs> and makes them screw up. And then... That's probably one of like maybe you just don't like working on them and you rush and you don't do a good enough job fixing them. So now uh -oh. they shots they, fired. They just break quicker. Now I'm just uh, there's this one specific machine that we have that puts labels on buckets. That one and, that caught on fire. No, that was I, I caught that one on fire on purpose. That, oh. was, that was something on else. <laughs> but uh, I, I can actually bring that video up. Don't go yeah, on record of that. No. Uh -oh. Since we're, since we're talking about don't incriminate yourself no I, I, it was <laughs> I saw the video oh wow yeah that's yeah. a pretty intense fire yeah I, I i had i i put it on fire but you uh, fired it <laughs> mm -hmm. fired it up i work at a plastic plant so yep. that uh kind of melted what, down what that was what we call a granulator but it Somebody had put too much plastic in it and it melted the plastic. So I had to remelt the plastic and get it out. But anyway, that uh, labeling machine I was talking about, it never wants to work whenever I work on it. Somebody can come and do the same exact thing I did on another shift mm -hmm. and it'll work for them. But for mm -hmm. me, it won't. And I feel, I'm just like, oh, there's a couple of machines that I work on that kind of throw me over the edge sometimes at work. And I'm just yeah. like, Satan, you need to chill out, bud. I'm sick of this. <laughs> so, you know, that that sounds it, – it, it, here's here's the thing. A lot of people think that, that you know, it's got to be something major that that 
you know the enemy may try to attack you with it can be it can be little things it can be it can be small things um but but it's the little things that begin to they build up and and they become the big things um you know we're the scripture says that we're uh, the, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine um it's it's the small things it's not the major things it's the little things and so uh definitely definitely little things can can affect you like that it's always but, the mi- minor inconveniences that yeah i'll uh i'll jump back uh to you too dylan about the like the actual sermon prep if you will so forever i was what i term a manuscript preacher so i would write everything down in my notes everything yeah um word for word now especially since i'm pastoring um i can't feasibly do that for you know two sermons a week um Wednesday and Sunday, I, I can't feasibly sit down in the midst of everything else going on. So a lot right. of my stuff now is bullet points. Uh, a lot of it's just, uh, you know, little I'm notes. I'm sure when I'll you first started, you probably needed that too. But now you're like, I'm sure you're preaching's a skill. Well, it, you, you've built up all those sermons. That, what was that? Unless your mouth, you're making a noise with your mouth. Oh, I'm sorry. I have a peppermint in my mouth. <laughs> I thought that was Peyton making a noise. No. He always makes funny, funny noises. You've got all that past experience in there, too. So even if you, like, you stumble, you know, you're going to be fine. And you're going to remember because it's, it's, it's a skill. But at the same time, you know, even if you, you don't have those years of experience, I mean, the Holy Spirit is going to help you either way. Yeah, well, and I fully, fully believe that. Um, it, but, but I'm somewhat of a perfectionist. Right. And if it's there, I know what I'm going to say. And I, I know that sounds really, it, it sounds really, really weird, but um, I, I, I got to a point where I would depend on my notes yeah. very heavily. Whereas now I don't so much, I do rely more on that just flowing you know, kind of, kind of what I feel. And, you know, it works for me when I was in ministry, everybody's going to be different when I was in ministry school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, the guy that was the the preacher, he was over the preaching class, uh, which it was called preaching lab. I, I, I did not like it. I did. I'm, I'm, I'm a shy person. That's the only reason, but no, you're not, you do a podcast. I, I'm not, I'm better now. <laughs> This would be different if we had a hundred people out here in front of us, but, or, you know, it's now see that here's, here's the awkward thing about that. I am much better in a crowd than I am right. in a sitting like this. Right. So back when I was in school, he basically taught us like just to do like the points, the bullet points, like keep it to a minimum, your outline. And he even suggested like not even having an outline, like memorizing it basically like your outline and he taught us a very good way to uh remember how to just flow through a sermon but uh you know it, that worked great and then because basically if like you said you'll depend on it and you'll some people will just end up reading it and you won't have yeah. it won't be you know it'll be dry basically but yeah and then i have a the youth pastor there 
that was at the ministry school. I interned for him. And he actually did like he wrote everything down. He taught, yeah, I he did taught the for a long time. And he does great. Like I don't know if he still does that. He has a a huge church in Tennessee now. But he's was a phenomenal. Everybody has their own approach. Yeah. And I, I know uh Brother Damon, I'm pretty sure he does the manuscript type deal. But he does mm-hmm. go all he doesn't it's not everything, but it's yeah. like most things that he goes through in his sermon prep. And then when he actually preaches it, he'll add other stuff to it. But Yeah, I mean that's the thing. So it, I could I could write it out you know, verbatim, but you can preach the same sermon twice and it's never going to be the same. Right. I mean, you would, it's never There's going to be the rabbits. same. Yeah, yeah rabbits. Absolutely. Squirrels, my, my squirrels, yeah. Squirrels, new yeah. stuff, you know. Right. Peyton, how was your sermon experiences? Yeah, how, how do your, how's your sermon prep, Peyton? Uh, I usually wake up in the morning, shower, grab my guitar and stuff, head to church and just listen to Roger's talk. There you go. I've actually, yeah, I have heard some of Roger preaching. I have at the funeral home. <laughs> he didn't really get, yeah. <laughs> that's not really, that's not really a fair assessment of yeah, preaching. Yeah, I wouldn't say so. Man. Like every time he preaches, he talks about death. I'm like, I wonder why. Is that a funeral? Well, we're all going to die. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Unfortunately. Probably, we are all gonna probably. Die. Well, Peyton said he's gonna have to wrap it up. I mean, we could keep talking if you want, um, or we can just wrap it up for the day and then come back another time for a part two. Um, I've had a pretty good time. Oh yeah, yeah, had a good time. So I'm I'm good with uh, I'm good with whatever. It's uh, I know you got to go to work and fix those machines that you hate. The label yeah. machine may go out tonight. So yeah, yeah. I hope not. Might have to burn it. We got two of Yeah. Set it on fire. Double but trouble. Anyway. Okay. Well, uh, that's good, man. We hit on a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, I really like to uh, talk with you. <laughs> I'm trying to think about what I was going to say. It's a good discussion. Uh, good luck on your election. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good um, luck. Look, you 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 you've, you've been through this the last few months too. You know it's uh it's not for the it's not yeah. for the weak need for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, and they, you you said uh you said something about your how many members do you have? Uh, if you look at our actual membership role, you know probably fifty fifty five, but attendees uh. Typically anywhere from, well, I'll take that like a couple of Sundays ago, we had 78 and then we had 79. So it fluctuates yeah. from 60 to, to 78. There's one more thing know. I wanted to ask before we left, but, uh, saying that's a, that's a decent sized church, especially. For yeah. Well, but when you consider, well, but when you consider, uh, when we were on Pettit street, now this was prior to my time, but back in the, back in the day, um, our church ran well north of, of 200 wow. um, uh, consistently and just gradually over the years kind of kind of declined. But here's the deal. Um, I'm in a unique situation where um, we've been there 60. We just se- celebrated our 66th anniversary and I'm only the fourth guy in 66 years. So the first pastor was there for 33 years. That's pretty good. Next pastor was there 22 
Next guy was there for seven, and I've been here now for, for four. So thought you were going to say he was there for 11, that there's a trend. No, not a trend. So. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I'm hoping, you know, I'm hoping I'm, I'm going to stick around for another, you know, 30 or 40 years. So, so you've said you've been there for? Yes, I've been pastor there for you, four. How did you get into pastoring? How did you end up in this position? So you went I, to Ole Miss I, and your well, funeral... But, it, director it it goes back to my granddad was a pastor okay um, i've been in church all my life and i actually felt the call to preach when i was 14 and so i've been preaching almost 20 years and i had um you know i've never i've never not been in church and since i was 14 i've been involved in ministry in some some capacity so i've assisted some some churches and, um, you know, just was a lay minister in, in, in different churches, but, um, that's kind of, that's kind of for me, how it started was when I was 14, I felt, I felt the call to ministry and, um, I never, I didn't know if I was going to be, you know, a pastor, if you will, you know, so I still did everything just like i had always done. I went to school. I, I went to Ole Miss, got a accounting degree, and um, then ended up going to funeral school. And so, what's been unique is that ministry has tied very much hand in hand with the funeral world. I mean, you're you're dealing with people kind of at their at their most vulnerable times. And um, uh, I guess it was, I don't know. I guess it was probably. 10 years ago or so, I, I felt like that eventually I would pastor. I never in a million years thought I'd be in Batesville, um, but here I am and enjoying it. <laughs> here we are. We're, we're actually all three in Batesville right now. And yeah, that's right. Different. We're, we're in the same town. It's just, what is a local, it's a local podcast. Local. But we're virtual. Unfortunately, I have to get up and get ready for work. This was a good podcast. Uh, nice to yeah, meet we'll you, Troy. You can uh, absolutely. Thanks you can for letting me on. I'll, I'll outro for with just me and Troy. Yeah. You need to leave. So, uh, nice to meet you. Good luck on your run for corner. Hey, and, thanks, uh, man. We're gonna get him running later. fast. Good luck with yeah. the label machine tonight. Yeah, yeah. Shh. Don't jinx me. Shh. Pray for me. I hey, <laughs> two o'clock in the morning when you're fixing that fiery label machine, I'm gonna be sleeping. <laughs> I'll see you. I'll see you. Just because I'm I'm not on call tonight, so yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. normally, you know. I'll but, see you at four thirty, Peyton. See it. So, uh, good podcast, good talk. I uh, hope to have you on again. Uh, yeah. Where can people find you? Oh, just Facebook. Uh, fake yeah, uh, yeah. If you're yeah, if talking about talking about, uh, you know, social media, uh, Facebook is I, I pretty much am on, uh, uh, there's not many days that go by that I'm not posting something on, on Facebook, but yeah, we've got a church page, faith tabernacle. You can follow us there. Um, uh, I've got Troy Smith for corner. You can follow me there. Um, my personal page, Troy Smith, uh, you know, you find me there, uh, in person, I'm usually always at the funeral home or, um, around town. I frequent, the coffee shop most every morning. Uh, and so, you know, 
I, I'm very accessible. All you gotta do is shoot me a text, shoot me a message on Facebook. I'm always, uh, I'm always game to meet. All right, man. Well, really appreciate you coming on. Um, you could just, uh, if you want, you just hit that leave button. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, just let it, let it upload before you uh, exit out. Sounds good. All right, man. Appreciate right. it. Take care. All right, guys. Another podcast on the on the books, episode thirty six. I think we had Pastor Tr- Troy Smith. Uh, pretty good podcast. Um, appreciate y'all staying tuned. Look, y'all go put the work in. Uh, we have a twenty mile run in the morning. It's not very far from now, like six hours, and my foot is hurting, but I'm gonna give it a shot. See what happens. Uh, y'all go put the work in. Put the work in on your fitness, on your job, on your faith, whatever you got to do. You know what you need to do. Uh, follow us. Put work in podcast. Give this podcast a share, guys. And uh, hit the description. Go buy you a t-shirt from Grateful Apparel. Go to my Amazon link. Get you something off of there. Support the support the channel guys come on but uh yeah we're hitting a little bit of everything man we have pastors now i guess you can call them a politician <laughs> not necessarily a politician but a funeral director coroner future coroner maybe we're gonna find out here in the next month and a half but uh yeah good guys i really enjoy talking to him hope to have him back but i will see you guys next time Dill the young peyton.cook wherever you find podcasts we're there leave us a review check it out subscribe like comment you know what to do do all the stuff and the things you're supposed to do but we'll see you guys next time peace out